Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. I am Shay, I use they, them pronouns. I am playing Alusha, who uses she, her pronouns, and she is a noble elf. I'm Mel, I use they, them pronouns, and I will be portraying Terpsichore, a all-around fun person to be with, and who uses a variety of pronouns. I'm Chris, I play Rill, and we both use he, him pronouns. My name is Moss, I use ze, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. Last episode, you returned to Eisenbrook, delivered your packages to the Guildhall. You went and did various bits of research, some in-person research with a falconer, who gave you some helpful tips on how to care, how to care for your baby bird. Did also recommend putting the baby bird down, which did not with approval from anyone. But nobody was hurt in the, con- in the uh, conversation, which is good. It was a close thing. You went to the library, you did some further research on phoenixes and werewolves. No, not werewolves. Yes, werewolves. That's right. You researched phoenixes, you researched werewolves, and you looked up fairy tales, including giant eagles which were memorized as bedtime stories. To be fair, I did, I did look up information about giant eagles as well. It you just did. so happened you that did. everything about giant eagles was in fairy tales. Yeah, because shockingly, nobody keeps them as pets. You returned to the Guildhall to get your next job, which was to carry an unspecified but implied to be substantial quantity of treasure to the White Forest as part of their biannual tithe to the Moloch of the White Forest, who, unbeknownst to most of you, except for Ember, who thought this was general knowledge and not worth mentioning, is a dragon. And then you went to the, the theatre. Or at least you went to Odysseus's next gig, where Rill danced with the puppets. And... <laughs> Didn't like it. Did not. Did not like what happened when I danced with that puppet. That was yeah. Correct. Uh, danced with the puppets, and then uh, by implication went to bed with Odysseus again. And we will resume uh, the following morning as you all return to the Guildhall from your various assassinations and mm-hmm. gather in the staff room to mm-hmm. have your cups of tea, nurse your hangovers where relevant, and make your plans. So, do we have a new gig yet? Subsequently, <clears throat> is nursing something that looks distressing, like it might be drow coffee. We are taking this massive pile of riches in this very elegant bag that hides hides the fact it's a massive pile of riches to uh, White Forest. Cool, 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 cool. How heavy is it? Not heavy at all. Surprisingly, feel. Ooh. Ooh. It's very exciting. Can I have this bag? Can I have this bag, then? Very easily. Can I make an arcana check? Oh, it- you can. Please roll a, your, for your arcana check. Ooh. That is 10 plus 3, 13. You are holding a bag of holding. Ooh, a bag of holding. He was me thinking it was an ordinary handy haversack, but no. No, it is a bag of holding, because handy haversacks are actually rarer than bags of holding. 
Are they? Yes, I don't know why. Huh. Well, how about that? I am baffled by this, but yes, it, the, the bag of holding is actually the cheaper option. Yeah, you are, you are holding a bag of holding. It, it weighs 15 pounds. Excellent. It is, it is set up as if it was a, a messenger bag type satchel. I'll say, oh yeah, yeah, I've seen these. They're quite useful. I open, I open up. Wait, is it like sealed shut? No, it's just got a like a a buckle on the leather flap. I'm gonna stick my arm in. It goes all the way in. Ah, oh, it's exciting. But you open it up and you look inside, and it you can see the wall, the leather walls of the bag for maybe half the apparent depth of the bag, and then they just disappear into shadow. And when you stick your arm in, it just keeps going down. Cool. That's it. I'm pleased. All I wanted, all I wanted to do was to indulge my curiosity. <laughs> right. Well, um, I, where, where are we taking it? Sorry. The White Forest. White Forest. All right. Uh, supposed to be best. Keep moving, I say, while dressed in enough petticoats to drown a orphan. <laughs> no, I'm very tired. I'm not good at metaphors. <laughs> so that that's the one you default to? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um and just clearly I'm missing a shoe. I'm not I'm not in any state to go anywhere immediately. We were gonna try and get one of those bags for us, if it's affordable. Oh, I doubt it'd be affordable. I see, I don't know. Well, we could pull some money together. Yeah, I have a lot of cash knocking around. Oh yeah, we also got paid for our trip yesterday. Oh, oh wait, hang on! I didn't get paid for my trip yesterday. Wait, yeah, I, I gotta, I, I'll go, I'll go collect my my earnings if that's all right with you, Ben. Well, Orlan is as usual at the front desk, and he is happy to give you your one hundred and twenty-five gold for the trip you have just completed. One hundred and twenty-five. Oh hell yeah! All right. He wishes you good luck with the dragon. Sure. Hey, hey, can I can I make a history roll roll real quick? <laughs> you, you may. It feels like a history roll is what's called for here. Oh uh, no, I have no idea what he means, but that's fine. I just assume that someone else knows what he means, and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Wait. Uh, okay. How about we all get changed into something more sensible? I say, <laughs> in, implicitly including everyone else, and um, and then we just get rolling. Without further ado, shall we? Get rolling. Ha ha ha. Well, let's get rolling. Wait, what? Because <laughs> it was an unintentional PG. pun, I think, for Mel. Uh, but of course, of course, <laughs> in character, I don't understand that at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, the joy of meta. <laughs> right. So you all get dressed, Tapsikari. <laughs> we all get dressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Uh, just as he comes down looking somewhat less bedraggled and somewhat more ready to travel on the road. I think, Ember, you wanted to uh, get a, a crossbow from the guild. Oh, that's right. Yes. Which Orlan has sourced for you a crossbow and some ammunition as requested. Thank you. It is an absolutely ordinary, nothing special about it, basic crossbow. That's just fine. It does have the, the guild symbol neatly tooled into um, the stock. 
Hey, we off. You are, you are, you are, you are dressed, you are supplied, and you are heading off a long way to the north and a little bit to the east. Going to be several days of travel. Uh, I don't know if you have a preference about the route you take. Um, your choices are basically stay in Brotherland the whole way or dip down into the lowlands and wander through the flat. I think Ember is probably the one navigating, so it's probably up to them. Good. Sorry, I was adding a crossbow into my uh, into <laughs> my inventory and missed the the options. You go through Brunland or through the flat? Uh, through the flats. All right, let's go meet some halflings. Absolutely. It's going to take you maybe a day to, to reach the border uh, with the flat. It's one of those, the geography hereabouts means that you're walking through gentle hills for most of the day, and then the last couple of hours of, of your travel today, you start coming down some fairly steep slopes, and it's like the whole landscape kind of drops off towards this broad plain. As you're coming down, you can see it's quite a wet plain. There's lots of canals visible. There's lots of little lakes Surprising number of windmills just dotted around the landscape, little ones, casting long shadows over the very green landscape as the sun goes down behind them. I'd ask if we're in the fantasy, if we're in the fantasy Netherlands, but since it's not coastal, I suppose not. Yeah, but also, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot, yeah. I mean, no, you're in fantasy Norfolk. Oh, right. That's way better. I'm much rather in fantasy Norfolk. <laughs> which is not, which is for some reason next to fantasy Switzerland and not coastal, yeah. but that's, well, that's what you are. That's the real fantasy. <laughs> the fantasy is that geology just does not apply. <laughs> Being able to travel from Norfolk to Switzerland in a single day, what a dream. <laughs> oh, what a world. It's illegal nowadays. There, as usual, there are inns. As you're coming, you know, Brunnerland itself is fairly, fairly well inhabited. It's been inhabited for a long time. It's not like it's wilderness. The flat is even more so. Uh, you are in the 10 miles or so that you're traveling through the flat itself at the end of the day. You are passing settlements every four or five miles. And you can see that th those are just the, the towns that are on the road. There's more smaller hamlets visible because this is a quite flat area. You can see quite a long way off the road and you can see this is fairly densely inhabited. There's it's all under cultivation. There's people everywhere. So it is easy to find yourself a wayside inn or at least a bit of civilization to camp near um, up to you. Although some of those inns are certainly set up for hufflings and not for people of your height. Mm. Some of them are not. Mm. You can give it a go. But it's, it's up to you whether you want to take an inn or save your money and camp. If an inn would allow me to bring Arvid, then I would love to stay in an inn, uh, as they look very cozy. Uh, but if I'm not allowed to bring Arvid, then I'm not staying in an inn. Okay. Um, why don't you roll me a persuasion roll for generic innkeeper number three to see if she wants you to bring Arvid into her inn? 
you, you find an inn as 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 you as you are getting tired and the sun's kind of gone down and it's time to stop. You you find an inn. It is run as you would expect by halflings. Everything in this area is halflings. Um, actually looks up at you as you squeeze yourselves through the door and at your bird. And so that's a total of seven after adding my plus six persuasion. Okay, oh, no. yeah, she she looks at you and you're, you're not exactly bedraggled, but you all look like you've been walking all day and you're very grouchy bird who has been being carried all day and just looks at you and says, not the livestock inside, please. Livestock? Well, it's not dead. It's also not stock. It's not allowed in my inn. Okay. Bye. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not paying anywhere that won't let me bring my precious baby bird. Marriage. All right, you, you go over the road and find a nice flat bit of pasture that no cows have recently left anything on and camp instead. And I would like to note that I am reciting fairy tales to Arvid to hush them down for sleep. Arvid has actually started kind of trying to mimic you sometimes. Uh... It's fairly obvious they don't have the vocal equipment to speak common. Their noises are not the right kind of articulate that they're ever going to be able to speak common. But they're kind of like a parrot trying to mimic some of the sounds as best they can in a very screechy eagle sort of way. Aww. That's so cute. That's adorable. I love my screechy child. I'm <laughs> just imagining Tipsikaru just kind of lying there by the campfire going, this is so not worth it to not be in an inn. Screaming, screaming eagle chick. Yeah, right. I'm not a huge fan. It's fine. I'm not going to like kick the puppy here. Just uh, it's probably for the best because Ember would kill you. Uh, I mean, Emma could try. <laughs> I've got tricks, obviously. Level five tricks. Level five tricks. Does the audience know we're level five? The audience does now know that you're level five. They got to level up because they finished a job. I wish I got that in my benefits package at my job, at my employment that I don't have. <laughs> are, are we camping outside? Is that what's happening? I think we're camping outside. Can Alusha... Uh, turn into a wolf and then snuggle with um, little birdie. You can definitely turn into a wolf. You have that ability. No one can stop you. She wants to see she wants to see if she and little birdie can can connect um, as as two creatures. Okay, could you could you roll me animal handling please? Yes, one second. Might I suggest that that being a wolf might grant one disadvantage on dealing with an infant. <laughs> it's alright, I'm changing the DC. That's fair, that's fair. That's a 17. Okay. The best you get is that Arvid isn't completely panicked. But they do appear to recognise a wolf as something probably not friendly, doesn't smell friendly, not a fan of wolf noises, does not want to snuggle. We'll get there. I just want to be best friends. <laughs> they are kind of hunched up with their wings 
which are little stubby wings because they're only a baby, like lifted right up around their neck and their beak open and they're just kind of snapping at you if you get close. Alusha is respectfully keeping her distance, but, uh, <laughs> you know, still, still open and chilling. Okay. You sleep in wolf form uh, in, in, in an attempt to acclimatize Arbit to your wolfiness. Amazing. What matters in life is being friends with the eagle. I like how we're notionally on a divine on a, on a divine quest sent directly from one of the gods to do something, probably collectively, or at least tangled up in it. And it's just like, yeah, but my life's mission, right, is to be best friends with this bird. <laughs> Extremely related. Yeah. Yeah. We all want to be best friends with the bird, don't we? That's the dream. Pretty much. You have a you have a, a reasonably comfortable sleep on what is reasonably soft ground, although the part of you that is lying closest to the ground does get lightly damp over the course of the night as water just sort of seeps up from the nice damp fertile soil beneath you so you all wake up a little bit cold and a little bit stiff just because you've been sleeping on damp grass all night Mm. except for Alusha who's perfectly comfortable because she's extremely furry I mean we've got bed rolls and such that does help actually I've got a tent now I bought a tent ages ago you, you, you are reasonably comfortable then, just in your tent, ignoring the wolf and the bird not getting along outside. It says my tent sleeps too, but I mean... I'm not gonna... It's up to you whether you wish to invite anyone in with you. I'm not going to invite anyone into my tent. <laughs> okay, so you're in your tent listening to the wolf and the bird not getting along. Oh, yeah. The innkeeper, although not interested in letting your bird into sleep, is quite happy to sell you a hot breakfast to be carried out. If you would like. I would absolutely like. Uh, that will cost you, I don't know, let's call it three silver for the nice breakfast. Wonderful. These numbers are not in any way pulled out of my hand. Indeed, he's always taken an approximate approach to the notion of economy. Yeah. Some money. It's not a free breakfast. <laughs> I think according to someone's calculations, that means the breakfast here cost about 100 quid. Yeah. Money is fake. It doesn't matter. It's trivial in real, in actual game terms. Yeah. I don't know. Overcharging you because you've got a bird, I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. That's reasonable. I would. I'm not good at maths. Even real <laughs> no, maths. My, 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 uh, my dude, like, it doesn't, it's not really a thing that it's worth worrying about. I'm just amused by the, by having been told the notional value of your piece being something like 350 quid. Yeah, I don't think I've been running on it being that much, otherwise you wouldn't be getting paid what you are. <laughs> like, yes, the economy in D&D is always fundamentally absolute nonsense. It's completely bad, yeah. Uh Should we roll on through the flat? Yeah, roll on through the flat. It's flat. You can understand very rapidly how it has come to, to be formally named the flat. It is just a huge, damp plain of extremely fertile mud. Hmm. It's early spring, which means you're passing occasional cherry trees that are in full bloom. Everything has got new green buds on it. There's all of the plowed up fields have got a new fuzz of green grass that's sprung up over the winter. It's all under cultivation. There's hedgerows, there's roads. There is no patch of land that is not in some way being used. Even the little copses of trees have all been coppiced to be used for poles. Like, this is 
good land and it is being used for all it is worth. None of the buildings are very large. None of the settlements you pass are very large. It's quite agrarian and quite spread out. Just no wilderness in sight. And you can travel for days without seeing a hill. You make your way. Your, your path is slightly um, less direct than it could be because you're sticking to the roads and the roads don't run entirely in straight lines because they kind of have to line up with the bridges over the many, many waterways. So what you're saying is we're in the Norfolk Broads. What I'm saying is you're in the Norfolk Broads. <laughs> the fantasy Norfolk Broads. The fantasy Norfolk Broads, which are full of halflings, because clearly that's where halflings live. Yeah. Although the roads are winding, they are quite well signposted. It's just that you recognise none of the settlement names. Amber? Uh... Oh, I do actually speak halfling. In which case you can read the names, but because there's not a lot of big settlements... The only place that any of you from outside of the flat would really have heard of is Holster. And sometimes you will pass a sign for Holster, but you're not particularly going to Holster. You're kind of carrying up north toward the forest. And you know the way. You know which way you're going. You can navigate. It's just none of the signposts are particularly exciting. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's just a long day of walking along between canals and potato fields and hedgerows. This is nice, it's nice. Nothing's trying to kill us. Oh no, last time I thought that we did get attacked by a weird crab monster from outside the, the wall. So I immediately regret saying it out loud. Now you've just jinxed us. Well, jinxes aren't my responsibility, like I say, looking at real. <laughs> what? It's your responsibility if you bring it upon us. Remember the oh, slug mother? Remember that? I can't, that I can't do... I can't... Do anything about jinxes. That is firmly within the realm of divine magic. There's treatises on it, I'm sure. Say a prayer to Featherwind. <laughs> a slightly sulky <laughs> prayer. A very sulky prayer. Most of the day passes without incident. As you're looking for a place to settle down that evening, you're in a slightly more spread out area. It's, it's even more rural than it was yesterday. And it's slightly further between settlements and then less of them have public inns or places for visitors. So you're sort of resigning yourself to camping. You're in a particularly wet part of the landscape, but many little drainage ditches and canals and little windmills on the edges of fields. As dusk comes, you find a very nice large weeping willow that makes a kind of natural tent just off the side of the road, which is more than large enough for you all to camp underneath and at least be somewhat sheltered should it decide to rain. Oh, that seems nice. Will is looking excitedly up at the clouds. Mm. What do you think, Will? Oh, I just... Rain is still exciting. And, and snow, I heard about snow. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it sounds interesting. I mean... I'll have you know that I've been knocking around these parts for over these many years now. I have gotten thoroughly sick of both rain and snow. It wears on you quickly. Hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. This is delightful, and I love it. There is, as you are setting up camp, a couple of threatening rolls of thunder. Ah. Hey, I've just had a thought. 
What if we didn't camp underneath a tree in a thunderstorm? Why? Because, I don't know, how's my, I don't know, survival? Survival, survival. survival. <laughs> it seems like survival, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twelve. Seems fine, actually. It makes a nice canopy. Well, because you'd want... Because you want a proper tent over you as well to keep the keep all the rain out. Otherwise, it's just going to leak through. Not that. You have a tent. Well, that's all right then. Night night. (laughs) (laughs) As the dusk is giving way to full dark before any of you really settle down to sleep, you hear hoofbeats on the road in the same direction that you've been coming from. And there's listening, you can hear there's more than one horse in there and they're traveling quickly. Even the best of you, you know, even Rail can only see so far into darkness. You listen to the getting loud and you kind of peer out between the front of your willow to see what this is. And you see three horses on the road galloping down the road towards you. Two of the riders are regular sized and the third horse is carrying two small people. Which could be mistaken for children, but as you are all seasoned travellers, you're fairly sure that these are, you know, probably halflings. They don't slow down as they get near you, but you can see a couple of the heads turning and kind of looking very closely towards you, where you are somewhat hidden under the tree. And one of the figures, one of the small figures on the last horse, reaches in their pouch and pulls out something very small, gently glowing and flings it in your direction as they gallop past. And they don't stop. They just keep going. And they fling this small, round, glowing object towards you. And it breaks as it hits the ground. And I'd like you all to roll initiative. Hey! Oh, shit. (laughs) As out of this glowing bead comes a surge of water, which twists and gathers itself up into a moving, aggressive-looking water creature. Fucking rude. Extremely rude. Outrageous behaviour. I blame warlocks. Feels like a warlock thing to do. (laughs) Is there anything you don't blame warlocks for? No. There will be a map extremely soon, as soon as I have drawn it. Oh, Rill got an initiative of four. Yeah, That's I did. not great. <laughs> oh. And I'm, I'm going to put Arvid at the bottom of the um, initiative list just because they are an infant. I'll just keep them on um, Ember's initiative. I, guess. I mean, I don't even know if they can do anything. Yeah, I mean, they are not, they are not combat capable. But should they need to take actions, I put them in the order. As you may have guessed, the large blue thing is some kind of water creature that you are facing. The small red one is Arvid, just to keep track of things. You have a campfire, you have a tent. You are beneath a willow, just because it's a fun place to be. And top of the initiative is Ember. Alrighty. I'm gonna rush at this thing with my battle axe. Easy done. You can rush right up to it. Would you like to hit it with your battle axe? Yes, I would like to hit it twice because at fifth level I get two attacks. Nice. Um, so the first one was 
a 23 to hit. Ooh, yes. And the second one was a nat 20. Yes. How does the water elemental feel about being cut up with the big battle It's all happening very quickly, but it appears perturbed. That's 32 (laughs) total damage. Oh my god. Yeah, it doesn't like that. It burbles at you angrily. Burble, burble, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, Tepsikiri, you are, you are up. Uh, can, I, can I make an arcana check to see what I know about water animals? What are you trying to discern? Particularly, are they resistant to fire damage? Roll me an arcana check. It will take your action to take a minute and think about it. Really? Oh, I'll live with it. I'll deal with that. That seems okay. Oh, Ember, a question, which I think I know the answer. Are your axes magical? Oh, no. Yeah, so your axe, as you swing towards the the elemental, does penetrate it. It doesn't, not that it dodges. You can see the axe sort of biting into the, the form of the thing, but it does yield around it and reform after the axe's passage in a way that suggests that's maybe not as effective as you would have hoped. Hmm. Hey, how far away... Like, these people have just, like, ridden past and, like, thrown this vial at us, right? Yes. How far away have they gotten? Let me just check the speed of a horse. That seems like a thing to do. Riding horse speed 60 foot. But they are riding at a gallop, so they are already 60 feet away. Oh, they're already 60 feet away? They, they threw it, they didn't stop, they threw it as they passed. Oh, absolutely, no, that's fine. I burst out of the canopy, screaming, igniting, and yeah, through this water elemental, I move 30 feet towards the retreat. What's your fly speed? What's my fly speed? I'm not flying. I'm just running. Oh, you're just running? Yeah. Um, I'm just running towards them. And as I run, I would like to A, use my bonus action to catch fire. And B, I would like to cast Scorching Ray. Scorching Ray has a range of 120 feet. Oh, don't hit the horse. Oh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to hit the horse. Oh, no. <laughs> um... I'm so sorry. I'm sorry about this whole situation. <laughs> oh, now what I could do instead is... Oh, I've got a much funnier option. Is this the... Is it, is it, it's, it's multiple horses, right? There are three horses and four riders. That feels like a much riskier option. No, I'm going to go for the safer option. I'm so sorry. I'm going to hit the horse. I'm going to use a third level spell slot to cast Scorching Ray. Okay. Uh, so I have four Scorching Rays. Um, so I have a plus six to hit. I roll four d20s. That is a 19 to hit. I am aiming at the closest horse. Okay. Actually, no, I'll, I'll aim at the one that's got two riders. That's the best option. Sure. There's a 19 to hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, a natural 20. Another natural 20. Oh my god. And a 12 to hit. That's a dead horse. I'm not even going to ask you to roll damage. That oh, no. an extremely oh. dead horse. 
four scorching rays burst out of you and curl through the air and come together in the body of this fleeing horse and it screams as the rays burst out the other side of its body and it just falls yeah. as it's running and both riders tumble off shouting. So I better roll them some initiatives. Yeah, I'm bearing down on them. I am very upset by this development. I don't have colours for stars, you know. I'll give them pom-poms. So one of them was a four, one of them was a fifteen. Um, the other two riders also get initiatives because, you know, they are not blind to this situation. We're going to have to have two maps now. Kind of split the party. Yeah, I'm sorry. I fairness, I've only split it by 60 feet. It's true. But that's wider than my, than my map. It's <laughs> a very real practical level. If you didn't want me to, if you didn't want me to go after go after them in a horrible in a horrible fury, you should have made them you should have made them ride something that can move at least 120 feet out of range. Well, 150, I guess. I yeah, I mean, they are technically moving 120 feet around, but as it's only been half around, I felt they hadn't gone that far yet. Mm. So, in that sense, this is on me. Yeah. 150 feet—that's how far they need to go. <laughs> they need to be on something supersonic. Yeah, they need to be your run speed. Plus your Scorching Ray range. I feel like this has been a very productive turn. I mean, if you keep them alive, we're going to get information out of them, hopefully. So. Oh, I mean, yeah. If, if Tip Sickery was thinking that clearly. It's fine. What an idea. As you've learned in your research last week, phoenixes are known as contemplative and rational beings. Uh-huh. Mm. How about emotional well, like phoenixes? <laughs> okay, oh, I'm actually having. Give me a sec. I'm going to have to actually write an initiative thing because I now have too many things to keep track of in different places. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm a little bit sorry. I'm somewhat sorry. Okay, uh, it is the elementals' turn, uh-huh. and because Ember is standing. Right next to it, it is going to try to just roll straight over the top of Ember and smack them with its large watery body, which is a thing it can do. Yeah. Uh, I would like you to make a strength saving throw, please. I was all excited. I was like, oh, well, good thing. That's what I'm good at. Um, but that's a five. Okay, so you are kind of smacked down into the ground by the force of water and then you feel yourself floating in in the mass of it and you can't breathe because it's just water everywhere you you are restrained Uh, you can't breathe unless you can breathe water which you can't as far as i know (laughs) no i can't and you also take 16 bludgeoning damage that sucks. Yeah, jeez. And then it is going to stay where it is, just outside the, the front of this willow tree, burbling angrily, with Ember suspended inside the mass of it. Well, I don't like that. Ember appears perturbed. 
Ember is currently underneath the water elemental. Uh, and it is... Okay. Tupsikari, out where you are, um, the, the, one of the horses, in fact, both of the horses that are still being ridden are pulled, sort of circled back and pulled up because this is now a fight and they, they, the riders are cognizant something is going on. And one of them stops to speak with their, their comrades who are kind of have just been flung off a horse, but the other continues charging straight towards you on horseback, is going to be able to catch up with you because you're only 30 feet away. Nice. And is then going to take a swing at you from horseback. This is a person who is um, heavily armoured, strong-looking human, and is just taking a swing at you with a massive sword from horseback. Amazing. I love it. It's what I'd like to happen. Yeah, you're a melee specialist. That is 16 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Cool. Please take 14 damage. I'd love to take 14 damage. Um, in exchange, I think he, and possibly his horse, should take 3 damage. Yeah, they take the 3, 3, 3 damage. <laughs> I, I take it that's three and not three hundred. Three thirty-three. No, they take three fire damage for uh, three going... fire damage, but smacking you. Does that include the horse or just the one who attacked you? I mean, technically, it's if they touch me or like attack me or strike with a melee attack. I feel like that's not the horse because the horse is just it's fair. running. It's not making hooves. Uh, they can, however, take another swing. Oh no, that's rough. Which. This time will be 17 to hit. Yep. Please take another 8 damage. I can take another 8 damage. Yeah, 8 slashing damage. Hmm. And that is their turn. Alusha, you are hearing shouts and horrible horsey screams from where Tepsikari has run off into the darkness. Um, 30 feet, I think, is within all of your night vision range, so you can see that Tupsikari is now being attacked by an armoured figure on horseback. Uh, you can also see that Ember has been engulfed by a water elemental <laughs> ten feet away from you. What would you like to do? Okay, so Alusha has much higher hit points and strength as a wolf, so she's going to wolf out for sure. Um, okay. And also... It takes control. action to do that. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, because like longbow, short swords, daggers, I don't think are going to do much uh, against this elemental, but with her strength, um, she might be able to pull Ember out of the water and keep them from drowning. Um, but, uh, and then Tipsikri, I think, can probably take care of themselves. Um, yeah. So that's that is what we're just going to do. Okay, mm. you will out. Are you going to I move love or how just... confident people are in Tipsikri's ability to just hold their own in melee combat. It's very good. <laughs> are you going full wolf or hybrid form? Oh, full wolf. Full wolf. All right, you spend your turn hunching over horribly, and your armor shifts with you, although you can hear the subtle popping noises as some of the clasps and, and ties on your clothing give way. But most of it is sort of 
held in place by the armor, which has been redesigned to move with you. And by the end of your of your turn, you are a large wolf, still wearing armor, growling at a water elemental. Super angry. Super angry. Uh, Rill, your turn. Okay. Um, looking between a drowning party member and a party member that is being, like, attacked by people on horseback, Rill just sort of... Oh, God. All right. Um, he's gonna run over and try and pull Ember out of the elemental? Fantastic. There are, there's a rule for it and everything. I saw this coming. Um, I would like you to roll me, please, a strength check. Oh, no. <laughs> Which are your best skill. Yeah. Uh, that's a four. Sorry, Ember. You try to reach into the water elemental, but the water that makes up its form is sort of spinning and twining around, and you can't quite push your hands into the flow enough to reach Ember. Uh, do I still get to... Like, did that take an action? That took your action, so you still have a bonus action if you have one, or um, you could continue moving because you've only moved five feet if you wanted to. But... Uh, no, I, I don't have anything else up my sleeve right now, so I'm just going to stay... Uh, say where I am, I suppose. Okay. Um, over in Terpsichore's end of the world. Um, uh-huh. You are seeing the, the third figure, so the, not the one that has attacked you, but the other one that was still on horseback has stopped, um, has sort of paused in their gallop to speak with the, the people who you knocked off their horse and to look at the horse and that is going to take most of their that's yes yeah, probably so then they are then going to still mounted charge towards you um and instead of taking a swing at you this one is going to hold up some kind of amulet that they are carrying and uh, attempt to hit you with a sacred flame Mm. Thing they can do. They, they don't. They don't know it. Oh no! I think Sigfrim is like half radiant. No, it's entirely radiant. Yeah, yeah. Huh? So you, Sacred Flame does radiant damage, not not fire damage. Yeah. Huh? So could you make a dexterity saving throw, please? I mean, I can try. Oh hell yes! That's twenty-one. They miss. <laughs> yep. They they definitely miss. You're fine. <laughs> hey, how close were they when they did that? Actually, um, I know that's not. It's still not a melee attack. So never mind. It's not a melee attack. Um, they they've probably decided to stay out of melee range for now, so they are ten feet away. Mm. It's wise. But yeah, you blew their uh, you you blew their save out of the park. So they do not hit you with their second flame. It just sizzles harmlessly past your shoulder. Next is Arvid, who has no idea what to do with any of this because they are a baby and they only kind of know you all and everything's happening so much. So they are extremely sensibly because they can't fly yet going to run away and hide behind the tree. Good. Solid. Um, 
one of the people who you knocked off the horse, Tepsikori. Huh? <laughs> there were four people who are all focused on you right now. Huh? He's <laughs> going to shoot you with a crossbow. Love to be shot with a crossbow. It's my favourite. Hey, do I have favourite way to spend the day? Some level of cover here, seeing as there's a massive guy on horseback in between us. Or disadvantage or something. I'll give you the disadvantage, but then I'll roll the other thing. Yeah, right. Cool, cool, cool. That's uh, 15 to hit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's seven damage from the crossbow bolt. Cool, it's fine. I'm really, really loving it. I'm loving it. I'm glad that I'm not level six and don't get my Mantle of Flame thing. It's yeah, really... tank tanking multiple physical fighters is your favourite place. I love it. I was really hoping that their friends would turn around and rescue them. Um, that was what I was hoping would happen. Well, I was very I... That was always my hope. <laughs> you also shot the horse, which is beyond saving, rather than the people who they might have stopped to, you know, pick up. Yeah. As far as they're concerned, the fight is happening. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair, that's fair. Uh, Fern. Not Fern. Why am I, why on earth? Oh, it's because I can't see a thing. Ember. Yeah. I'm so confused, guys. Ember, you're in a water elemental. What would you like to do? Can I attack the water mantle, elemental from inside, or do I have to uh, escape first? Um, I mean, you are restrained, but that just means you can't move. Like, you can't take a movement action. Um, I don't so think I can... you have a try-to-escape option, so I think, basically, you're going to have to attack it from the inside. All right. Uh, let's go again with the old battle axe. Um, so that is a uh, 24 to hit on the first one, and then a 13 on the second. First hits, second misses. Okay. Um, and you see if uh, you can see the battle axe glowing like a red hot um, and and yeah from inside the water elemental um, as I am hitting with Divine Smite. Excellent. So that's 18 damage. And that is? Uh, is so, it um, so just slashing damage or are you doing some, because you're doing some like Yeah, so some of it well, is radiant. Um, so it was, um, Eight radiant damage, and mm-hmm. uh, I must have done my math wrong because it's also eight slashing damage. Okay, that's um, fine. Yeah, top notch. Definitely had an effect. Um, back on Tepsikari's side of things, who is this guy? How beat up are you looking, Tepsikari? Oh, I look like I am about to kill over and die at any moment. Awesome. Uh, in which case, I think one of the people who you... The, the other person who you actually knocked off the horse is going to spend half the movement getting up because they need to do it. Sorry. Is going to then run... Uh, how far away? Sorry, I'm just in head. So they were 60 feet from the main thing because they were 30 feet from you when you hit them. I mean, they will be 45 feet away. That's fine. Okay, so they, they, they stand up, they, they run 15 feet back towards 
everything that is happening. Um, and then they're actually going to take a crossbow shot at Alusha, who has just turned into a wolf. Which <laughs> they feel is something they might want to deal with. Like that just seems like a thing. Uh, so that would be. Are they in range of the thing? Yeah, they are. That's a huge thing. Okay, that is 20 total to hit Alusha. That's going to do it. Yeah. Heavy job, so I need one of... Going through all my dice today, it's quite exciting. Your challenge is to use all of your dice in one one, <laughs> one combat encounter. Uh, that is nine piercing damage from a crossbow bolt. Okay, that's not bad. Smacks into you. But you're big and furry and tough, you can take it. Uh, that is that guy's go, and then it. Tupsikiri, you are in melee with someone on a horse. Yeah, so initially I had some running away shape plans, but then what happened was I got shot a bunch. So now I have some new plans, and they involve going down swinging. Okay. I grip. Well, I mean, the thing is, if I try and run away, what happens is I die. If I try and fight, what happens is I die. So, you know, like, hey. Face of death. Your choice is kind of between no victory or Pyrrhic victory. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm going to do is, I am going to, I am going to look armored guy in the in the in the eyes. I am going to scream at the top of my lungs in Ignan, mistake. And then I'm going to, and then my quarterstaff is going to catch fire, and I am going to swing it at his horse. Cool. Please roll me an attack for that. I would love to roll you an attack for that. That's the horse cool. is not heavily armoured. I didn't think the horse would be heavily armoured. I thought... No, you, you, your, your, your guess that the horse would be reasonably mm. easy to hit was correct. Yeah, yeah so... I'm we'll just have more meat. Yeah, swing it two-handed. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is a 10 plus 5, 15 to hit. You smack that horse in the head. Fantastic. Now, unfortunately for the horse, and I mean, I bear the horse no, no ill will on its own accord, but you know, the horse now takes 1d8 bludgeoning damage and 1d8 plus 3 fire damage. Okay. Please roll those. There's a chance the horse survives this. So that is 17 damage overall. The horse does not survive this. <laughs> <laughs> You, you pretty much cave in the horse's head with your fiery quarterstaff. Yeah. As, the, as the, the rage and the strength of your magic empowers it past all reason and you just smack right into it. And it is falling and the armoured rider is partially trapped beneath it and is going to have to clamber out. Good. He's also going to have to be on fire. As this green flame, which is just swallowing up this horse, just spirals around his body, and he doesn't get to use his AC. <laughs> what he does get to do is take 1d8 plus 6 fire damage. Very nice. Which is a total of uh, 8 fire damage. Which is much less fire damage than I would have liked, but hey. But it's not no fire damage. It's not no fire damage, and you know... Oh, hang on a second, he's prone now, right? Mm. Not at the point where he's getting hit with fire. Horses do take more than instantaneous time to fall. I mean, he's being knocked off a dying horse. What, what, what are you trying to argue for? I just want to run away. 
<laughs> okay, no, he won't. He won't get an attack of opportunity. He is using his reaction to try and not get rolled onto by a dying horse. Fantastic! I am. I am. Shocking grasp! Eat your heart out! I run away. <laughs> <laughs> Are you running back towards your friends? I'm running back towards my friends and awesome. running back towards my cleric. <laughs> <laughs> Very smart, and you only got thirty feet in the first place, so you can in fact run all the way back mm-hmm. and stand next to Rail. <laughs> Leaving behind you several angry people oh, oh, to oh, dead really, 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 I have some great news. I have some great news. You know how I'm on fire. <laughs> Here, how about we swap and you stand next to the thing that's made of water and I'll do with these jackasses. It, it is in fact the elemental's turn. <laughs> <laughs> This is all fine, right? This is totally how I planned all of this to go. It's usually when the GM says, some people set up an encounter for you and then run away, what they're really saying is, boy, I hope you decide to take on all these people at once and their horses. Yeah, what they're saying is not, I balance both of these as separate encounters. <laughs> so this is super fine and good. <laughs> These definitely are separate encounters that were designed to be like all day encounters. Um, water elemental, water elemental. Okay, so Ember, you are still grappled by the water elemental, so you take more damage from being crushed inside its weird watery ropey muscles. And that is 14 bludgeoning damage. Ouch. Those of you not contained within the water elemental see it kind of constrict and crunch down on Ember looks uncomfortable and then because it can do this and and really standing right next to it and has actually made contact it's going to move one space and hang on no it needs to see if it recharges you might be all right okay it recharges. no it rolls oh. it recharges so it's going to try and do the same to you at the same time oh no um, please make a um strength saving throw oh, that's how this campaign ended, isn't it? <laughs> Fuck, damn it, that's five. How many of us can fit inside of it? What the shit? You have been swept up inside of a water elemental. Uh, so has Real had turned away to like bear the rage of of the messenger down on these people on horses. And, and then, just is swallowed up as he turns away from the water. Like over. a tidal wave over the top of your head. Oh. Well, the good news is you can now take me above eight hit points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are, you are... Technically speaking, you are restrained in the same space as each other, so you can absolutely cast magic on each other. It'd be absolutely fine. <laughs> oh, and more. It's an option that you have. Um, the armoured person is going to have to spend their action getting out from underneath the horse in its death throes. So he's going to go ahead and, and spend his action doing that, and then... The previous horse did not have time for death throes. <laughs> did not have time for death throes. Yeah, that's his, he's, he's actually going to have to take his whole turn to, to do that, because it's going to take most of his movement to get up from prone anyway, and he's underneath the horse. So he's, he's out of the picture for now. Um, Although he's still only 30 feet away, so probably not for long. Alusha, <laughs> I will send you... Well, basically, you are looking at a water elemental inside which are two of your friends. And I'm a wolf. And you're a wolf. 
as this wolf, I am going to burst the fuck inside the elemental and um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to try to get Ember out first because they've been in there the longest. Mm-hmm. That is a strength check, please. Strength check? Yeah. Okay. That's going to be 23. You succeed. Yeah. You reach in and you grab Ember by the ankle and with your teeth and haul them all out of the elemental and they land on the floor next to you, coughing. Thank you so much. Rill, you are now alone inside <laughs> a water elemental. Okay, well, uh, l- luckily for me, um, I have something just for this situation. Okay. I am going to cast... Yes, yes please, yes. <laughs> I'm going oh, no. to cast... I thought you were going to cast water. No, what? No, I do. I have that. No, I don't. I don't have anything that deals with water or anything. That's not. <laughs> no, I'm gonna cast um, inflict wounds at third level. Yes, because it is very much touching me. It is. It is touching <laughs> you in many places. Oh no! Uh, oh god, damn it! Eleven. I'm going to give you advantage on the grounds that it is touching you in so many places. Okay, good, thank you. Ooh, nat 20, okay. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, that's a lot of dice, so I'm just going to roll it in the, sure. the chat. We can get a dice bot in the chat. I thought we did have a dice bot in the chat. No, we don't. No, we don't, because I like the sound of rolling dice. Okay. <laughs> did that oh, for nothing. I virtual dice anyway. <laughs> Uh, no, I know, but the more of us who roll physical ones, the more I get to leave the pleasant sound of rolling dice in the thing. <laughs> All right. Good, and then... That's going to be 28 points of necrotic damage. Ooh. It gives another watery scream and does not like that. Good. It doesn't fall apart or anything, but you definitely... Oh. You, can, you can all <laughs> see these black streaks of divinely powered death tearing through the interior of the creature emanating from Rill's hands. Uh, Who's my red pom-pom? Ah, yes, that's my red pom-pom. One of the people who Tavikari was engaged with, who is the only one still on horseback, is going to be slightly more cautious. Um, So they're not going to charge up into melee with you all. They're going to stop about 30 feet away and, again, lift their holy symbol and target Tabsekiri because they appear to be carrying some kind of grudge for the two dead horses. Right. And they're going to make a ranged spell attack, which I think is going to hit because that is 21. Well, you see, yes. <laughs> <laughs> A substantial amount of damage. Wait, how? Wait, what are they doing? They're doing a guiding bolt. A guided bolt? A guiding bolt? Oh no. Yeah. Which will do you 13 points of radiant damage. <laughs> I'm sorry? 13 points? Did you say? 13, one three, yes. Mm-hmm. It does 46 damage. Um, cool. So. Are you still up? God, no! 
<laughs> which I, I, don't I go down like a sack of potatoes. I hit the floor hard and I stay there. I'm still on Okay, nonetheless, technically speaking, the next attack against you does have advantage. Oh. I mean, it would do. Yeah. It's quite hard to see in, in the midst of things because Terpsichore is already on fire. But now, as <laughs> well as being on fire, they are very slightly glowing in a radiant manner. <laughs> and, and they are on the floor unconscious because this is not how any of this was supposed to... They are having a bad day. Terpsichore, bad day is being had. Oh, this is great. This is the best way that this podcast could have ended. <laughs> Pain like in the back in the in the works. It'll be fine. What what shift? <laughs> shit no, shift a shift a gumshoe and we're just investigating this mysterious murder in the middle of in the middle of You, you can all come back as your identical twins looking for vengeance. No 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 it's mid it's midsummer murders. We're all like half <laughs> Everyone okay. strange the strange lights out over the hills, but nobody knew what happened. Until the, until a certain halfling came until a certain group of halflings came to town. <laughs> uh, the second smaller figure, um, the one that shot you with a crossbow last time, is going to attempt to slink away into the darkness because this situation is handled. They don't need to get involved. <laughs> However, you could all still see them because they rolled a really bad high roll. But they're kind of circling around at a distance of about 60 feet. They're not advancing towards you right now. Um, Ember, you are no longer inside a water elemental. Rill is inside a water elemental. And Terpsichore, on the other side of the water elemental, is on fire and on the ground. How hurt is the water elemental looking? It's taken some damage, but it's by no means on death door. Okay. Um, I'm going to go over to Terpsichore. I'm going to uh, lay on hands. Um, <laughs> Take three fire damage. Okay. Oh, shit. Hmm. Being on fire is so helpful. Every, every, every time we have to do this. You're <laughs> always on fire. It's, it's not a concentration effect. It's just solve itself next level. just happens. <laughs> yeah, next level you get smart fire that doesn't burn your friends, don't you? No, I absolutely don't. Okay, <laughs> something else. <laughs> But you get some healing off Ember. How much healing do you want? How much healing do I want? I mean, as much as you can give me, really. <laughs> I guess okay. not more than... I can't actually see how many how many hit points I have by default until I count this view. Okay. Um, uh, at least, I guess not more than 32 hit points worth. Okay. Because that would be a bit of a waste. Uh, go ahead and take 20. I love taking 20 points of healing. Now, I desperately will need some healing soon. Because you have burnt hands. I can't help. Oh, Ben, uh, could you double the damage that I did to that water elemental? Because I had cast it at third level and I forgot to double it because I got that nat 20. Sorry. Uh, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I just need to work out how much it was so I can do it again. <laughs> was it 28 you did? 28, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it, it, it's looking... More beaten up than I previously said it was, but still not exactly falling over. Because it has many hit points. Uh, um, who was that? That was Ember. So now it is 
That one. Who is that one? That one is that guy. Um. Uh, who really has no reason to go easy on you, even though the DM would like to not kill you all. Mm. Which is very distressing. Um, having successfully shot Alicia last time, she's gonna shoot Alicia again, I guess. Which is total 20, which I'm pretty sure hits you. Unfortunately. Uh, and that would be five piercing damage from a crossbow bolt. He will then spend his movement um, hopping off the horse. No, he was, yeah, hopping off the horse because he's not the one who was stuck underneath it. I've completely lost track of who's on a horse. Anyway, the point is he's not on a horse. No one's on a horse anymore, except for the guy who's already gone. He was, he, he, the cleric was the on a horse. Okay, yes, so that's right. The cleric is on a horse. So this guy is just going to run forwards, um, but he was 60 feet. I'm still here. at 44, so I'm fine. Anyway, he shot you with a crossbow. He's actually going to continue to hang back sort of 30 feet away because the water element was kind of cleaning you up. And just going to hang out with his friends watching you get smushed because you already shot you with a crossbow, so there's no point getting into melee right now. Um, which one was that? Pink one. Subsicory, I think. Yeah. It's Subsicory's turn. You're muted. <clears throat> I've, I've never been muted in my life. I've never talked into a muted microphone ever. Um, I believe you. Good. Um, hmm. Now that does make things interesting. So, I am. Oh no, I'm looking in the wrong section. I'm looking on the battle maps. I am there. One, two. You are there. Hmm. What direction are the other enemies in relative to. Oh, I see. There you go. Oh, that's very convenient. So I would like to just kind of like crawl a bit. What are the penalties for being prone? What's bad about being prone? Um, advantage on melee, but disadvantage on ranged against you. And it takes half your movement to stand up. And I think crawling is at half speed as well. Yeah. Okay. I'd like to try and just real subtly crawl around this water elemental so that I'm like, <laughs> so that I'm kind of like concealed a bit by my tent. Sure. Um, and then you can, you can crawl sort of under the fronts of the willow back towards the yeah entrance yeah. of your tent. And then I would like to learn a lesson, <laughs> a very important lesson that I've learned about uh-huh. armor class. <laughs> <laughs> and I mutter something. I well, I don't. I I, I say something in Ignan and wind a piece of cured leather around my wrist. And that's a good thing to do, I think. Um, Major? Yeah. Probably smart. I thought it would be a good idea. Yeah. It's the water elemental's turn. Especially since our other main healer's about to go down, so you know. It's the water elemental's turn, and Rill is inside it. This time it doesn't recharge its gobble people up thing, so that's nice. Uh, but Rill is inside it, which means Rill takes some broken damage to the tune of 13. Okay. As it kind of goes crunch. Uh. And then it's going to attempt to... It's going to make two slam attacks. One against Ember and one against Alusha. Because it can do that. Um, that is 
12 to hit Alusha. Sorry, to hit Ember, which probably misses. Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, missed me. Although Ember is actually standing over there. Yeah, second, doesn't it? it misses both of you because the second one was at nine. So it flails around angrily, but doesn't manage to make contact with anyone. And it can't really go anywhere because it's standing in between three of you. Um, but, but, but who's blue? Oh, yeah, this is the guy who's just spent his turn climbing out from underneath his dead horse. So he is now going to charge into melee with the lot of you. Oh, I think he can't quite reach because of where Tepsikiri started and where Tepsikiri ended up. Oh, yeah, that's true, because I moved 30 feet away from him and then I moved another... And then a little bit further. So he's charged down towards you all, is not quite going to reach you, and is therefore going to grab his own crossbow. And because you are somewhat in cover... Um, take a pot shot at Ember instead, who is not. That is 17 to hit with the crossbow. That does not hit. Amazing. He, he takes aim and fires, but in the complicated combination of darkness and firelight and terpsichore light, just hits your armour instead of anything squishy. Um, he does not get a bonus attack, so that his turn, it is Alusha's go. You're a wolf. You have rescued Ember. Ember has rescued Tepsikiri. Rill is still inside a water elemental. Horrible. I'm going to rescue Rill. That seems extremely like a good idea. Please make a strength check. So I rolled a 16, and my base strength as a werewolf is uh, uh, 15. So is that like over 30? No, so there's a, a little number in brackets next to the score. It'll be like plus two. Okay, plus two. Okay, so that's 18. Yeah, you succeed. Uh, you do exactly the same as you did with Ember. You kind of haul up and plunge your jaws into the elemental, which is very cold, and find Rill's ankle and pull him back out. And he is now on the. Well, he's now next to you instead of inside an elemental, and you can breathe. <gasps> oh, thank you. <laughs> Rill is going to weakly reach up and sort of pet. <laughs> Not, he sort of thinks better of it after a second and stops petting Lucia. But <laughs> is completely fine with petting. It is also Rill's turn. Oh, good. Okay. You do not have those immunities because you have a lesser version of the curse. <laughs> which is why you were able to kill the things that gave it to you in the first place. Otherwise, they would have been immune as well to everything you could have done. Uh, well, you know. Yeah, sorry, Alicia, you are not immune to everything non-magical. <laughs> that is for more senior werewolves. <laughs> werewolves <laughs> you are werewolves a junior werewolf. at least 10 years' experience in the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you haven't got that promotion yet. 